once again, Finding Japan, back with another episode. It's been a little while, but I'm actually pretty excited about this episode because it's going in a direction that I've always wanted to take the show in. And that's, of course, talking about people doing interesting things, but I think in this day and age, you got to talk about startups. You got to talk about、uh, projects that people are doing that aren't necessarily connected to their regular job or a big company or some kind of established industry, but taking things to a new place. So, today, my guest is an old friend from back in my Kobe days. We used to work together at a giant English language corporation,、yep. B Corp, or whatever we call it. I think <laughs>、yeah. people are going to guess.、Yeah. Um, it's Tim Anderson. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a few years.、Yeah. But, um, so, you're up here. So, you still live in Kobe? Still live in Kobe. I'm and, just here for the week. And you're here in Tokyo for what exactly? So, we just had our launch party. So,、uh, our business called Moosby at www.moosby.com.、Uh, we've been working on it for a year and we are finally ready to launch. And that was this past Friday. Nice. So, you had a launch party. Yeah. And you said, what, about 50 people? Yeah,、good. 50 people. We, we rented out this chill spot in Shibuya called The Factory. If you're ever around looking for craft beers, you should definitely go to Factory. Uh, the owner's a really nice guy, really cool guy, and、uh, we had a good 50 people, a lot of chill people. It was a great time. Nice. So, your partner lives in Tokyo, and you're、yep. in Kobe. So, you guys, I guess, do most of your work over the internet? Yeah, it's all remote, all remote. So, everything over Skype,、uh, all our documents are like Google Docs, Google Spreadsheets, and、uh, it's important to me, actually. I, I want to keep it remote. I want that freedom. I want、uh, people who work for us, work with us to be able to have the freedom to go work where, where they want, when they want. It's important. Like, lifestyle is very important to me. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's again, you know, a big change over this last you know, 10, 15 years、yeah. that people can live anywhere, work anywhere, and、yeah. have partnerships across, you know, across countries, different、yeah. regions. That's definitely really cool.、Um, before we get a little bit more you know, into your current project, Let's go back a little bit. Yeah. So, we have something in common when which、yeah. uh, we both were like grew up in Japan. Yeah. As your mother's Japanese. My、right? mom's Japanese, my dad's、uh, American.、Mm-hmm. So, very much kind of the same thing. Yeah.、Um, was your dad in the military or what was h、uh, no, no, no military. He,、uh, he worked for a big, big company, international company, and they have a, like, an office in Osaka.、Mm-hmm. So, he would get、um, sent over to Osaka for several years and sent back to the States for several years. So, I, I did a lot of back and forth between、okay. the States and Kobe. Oh, nice. Yeah, my dad was in the Navy. So, yeah. But the thing about Navy or like kind of, what would you say, like, I guess expat kids or like,、yeah. it's that either we go to, sometimes go to the same schools or like, I went to school on base, probably went to international school. Yeah. But it's an interesting thing, like when we had like sports matches and stuff. Yeah. Tournaments and things like that would yeah, be yeah. like on the base or at the international school. I remember going to like Osaka International School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big tennis tournament. Um, yeah. So what was your, always in Kansai area? Where was your, was、um, it Osaka? Actually, uh, it was all in Kobe. I actually did one year in Tokyo. Uh, there's a school, um, ASIJ, American School、mm-hmm. in Japan. I went there for a year. But other than that, all in Kobe. All in Kobe. And、uh, so, Kobe, were you Canadian Academy? Yeah, Canadian yeah. Academy. Yeah. Good school, good school. I, oh, yes, I did a few basketball games there, volleyball games there. Yeah, everyone knows everyone. It's a、yeah. small community. Yeah, so I remember、um, 
it was fun. I think I was in junior high school still, and we did, or maybe early high school, and we went for a big t uh, tennis tournament at, uh, I think it was Osaka International. And we actually stayed in the classrooms overnight. Like, that's where we slept yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, had to, we got to run around. I think at the time, the school was pretty new. The building was really nice. We got to run around the campus, and I remember that was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how do you think, like, so growing up, so you didn't go to the States, like, to live until... Uh, I, I, I lived in the States for elementary school mm -hmm. and university. Okay. Yeah. Where'd you go to school? I went to uh, Carnegie Mellon for university in Pittsburgh. Oh, nice. Yeah, fan of the Steelers. You have to be. If you live in Pittsburgh, you got to be a Steelers fan. I am too. My dad, because of his Navy job in the great oceans that the state of Ohio has. Yeah. Um, my dad was a naval recruiter. It's what That's why he was in Ohio. When I think about like my dad being in the Navy and stationed in Ohio, it's strange. But we were stationed in Ohio and... And at the time, like Steelers were coming off of their four Super Bowl wins in the seventies. Yeah. So my dad was a Steelers fan. Right, and right. And I became a Steelers fan because of that. So to this day, my dad is actually now more of a 49ers fan. Yeah. Um, but to this day I'm a fan of both the 49ers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those nice, are my two nice. teams. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. I mean I don't follow it so much anymore. Yeah, but, it's hard living in Japan, like yeah. uh if you don't have the right channels or if you don't get the what's it called, the NFL season pass yeah. or whatever, you just can't see it. And there's very few people interested in it as well. That's the other thing. It's the camaraderie. Right? Yeah. And so if you're in the States, everybody's getting excited about it. Everyone has their teams. People, the one thing I realize every time I go back to the States for holidays or something is how much Americans wear sports jerseys in their yeah. regular life to the yeah. point like, I think I've been in Japan too long. I'm like, are you a grown man child? Like, yeah. I know you love, you know, whoever, like... I get it. Kaepernick's the quarterback of your team, but you don't have to wear a number and his name on your back all day long. Yes. I don't know. I'm not against it. It's just funny. It's yeah. like almost a culture shock. But you see here in Japan, like yeah. a random person will be wearing it. It's more like a fashion statement, though. Yeah. Not like, I don't Maybe Maybe they love the team, but I yeah. think they just like the colors. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You do see it here in Japan, but the level to which, you know, yeah, yeah, the whole different. family will get decked out. Yeah. People yeah. are obsessed with their sports. Um, well, people are obsessed here, too. Yeah. And since you, you know, kind of grew up in the Kansai area and you come out to, you said you lived in Tokyo for a year, like, yeah, just a little bit. Most of Tokyo is just kind of coming out like for this time for work exactly, or just as exactly. an adult, you know, just coming out to yeah. hang out, see friends, do things. What do you think? Do you sense that big difference between Kansai? Oh, and hell yeah, man. Like I've only, I got here on Wednesday. So that's like three days, uh, three days ago. And it's completely different. Like, um, like just going out to bars and meeting friends, like everyone's doing something. Everyone's got their own business. Everyone's got a startup or is part of a startup. And like, it's just different in Kobe. They're there, but it's few and far between. Like you really got to search it out to find it. But in Tokyo, it's like everywhere. Everywhere you go, someone's doing something. Big difference. I think that is one of the big... One thing about Japan I find, and it's kind of unfortunate, and I think what you were saying earlier about you want to be... You like the fact that... In your current project, you and your partner like live in separate areas, yeah. and you know you you work remotely, right? And I think one of the unfortunate things about Japan is that everything's become so Tokyo centric, yeah. And there's really no need for it, and it's this weird way where Japan is always struggling with being, in some ways, very technologically advanced country, yeah. And at the same time, so conservative and backwards, yeah. In things that you know just. Just how long it takes for certain internet services to get here because yes. the regulations make it difficult for companies to break in. Yeah. And then the Japanese are saying, oh, because we're Japan and our way is different. But it's like, well, if you 
no, you, your way is not different. Your way of doing that thing doesn't exist because you yeah, haven't allowed yeah. it in. So yeah. how do you know what it is? And you know, yeah, it's hard. Like the difference between like um like a cultural difference versus like a pragmatic difference. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's there's a level where you, you just have to be more efficient. You know what I mean? Like if you're putting regulations that keep startups from succeeding, then you you gotta change it. You gotta do something better. Yeah. Hopefully they're they're coming around. Like there's Kobe's uh five hundred startups open up an office in Kobe. Um nice. and Fukuoka is putting a lot of effort. So the effort's there. The effort's there. And yeah, hopefully it'll turn around and get better and better. Mm-hmm. No, it's um but it's something if you look at the thing about Japan and that like everything being very Tokyo centric, it actually doesn't have that long of a history. A yeah. lot of the most famous Japanese companies were not founded in Tokyo, absolutely, but absolutely. all their headquarters are now in Tokyo. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. I mean, you know, Toyota. Well, that the whole Aichi area is kind yeah, of Japan's yeah. uh, kind of heartland, motor, you know, motor industry heartland. It's kind of like yeah. Detroit in the U.S. Um, a lot of famous companies started in uh, Kansai. A lot of them are not doing very well anymore, but yeah. Sharp and Panasonic. Yeah, those are all Kansai companies. You know, right, so, right, right. Um, and then I think like um, Mazda is a Hiroshima company. Yeah. So you do have that history, but it does seem to kind of all boil down to Tokyo. And yeah. it kind of makes me sad when I go, like when I go uh, outside of Tokyo, you know, go visit regional areas. Like the, the main cities are doing okay. You go to Fukuoka, it's a great city. There's a lot of vibrant stuff going on. Um, you know, Hiroshima's great. Sendai, these places yeah. are great. But you step out into the countryside a little bit and you can just see like how much like there's no economy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm not saying that problem doesn't exist in the U.S., but when you look at the way like industry works in the U.S., if you want, yeah, if you want to be a part of like a, a large tech company, yeah, you're probably going to be in Silicon Valley. Yeah. But there's also great tech startups in Seattle and Austin. Yeah. And yeah. New York and New Orleans and and I even hear like places like Omaha, you know, have yeah. their own little like startup culture. Yeah. Or if or if it's the craft beer industry, those places are all over the country yeah. and, and then yeah a lot of american famous american companies are not all headquartered in new york yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely so but for a japanese person they're just like what isn't everything just in la and new york it's like no there's pl- there's all yeah, sorts of there's places. tech hubs like all over the place yeah i think like a big problem big factor is like where the talent exists right like we're looking to you know bring on like new team members and like we're a very young startup so we we have to like look for quality right the wrong person can throw us on the wrong path the right person can like launch us to the next level and all the talent is in tokyo and japan and like for kansai it's hard it's hard to find people that's that's definitely a problem for us you think even at the i mean i don't know if university is necessarily the best places to go but even the top universities in kansai and yeah um it gets into well for that it gets into just pure experience you know what i mean like you can have like the smartest kid like so smart like book smart know everything but um he just doesn't know like if a problem comes up that he's never dealt with he doesn't know what to do and that'll be a problem for us and we need people with the experience that we don't have right i want i want to hire people who know things that i don't know and can give me advice and um tell me like what we should do and what we should not do like a university kid might not be able to do that yeah i think that's a yeah, that's always a dilemma, that experience. But sometimes you never know, right? Like yeah. some every 
famous or successful or you know person who's good at something was unknown and was not that experienced before they became experienced and good at what they do it's also something to be said about like pure passion right if they're like exuding passion they look like they have a lot of energy and you know they're young and they're they're more in the whole like social social network world and they understand what's going on these days that's a lot of value that could definitely help out us out a lot Mm -hmm. so other than uh this uh, company right now, other than Musbi, uh, what are you generally working on? What's kind of been your path leading you to? To Musbi? Yeah. Uh, I've been working on this for a year. Um, like, uh, we're, we're still building the site, building the business. So I also do freelance uh, websites on the side, paying the bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, perhaps eventually we'll look for funding or perhaps we'll just try to grow or- organically. And yeah, just got to hustle. Got to hustle until you got that revenue engine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned funding. And that's, a, I think there's both ways. There's, there's more than one way to go with that. Yeah. One company, I don't know if you heard about them, but they're pretty famous in their space is Basecamp. They do this yeah. like project management I think platform. I've heard them, yeah. And they're really famous for having never taken outside funding. Yeah. Um, They stay small. They're still under like... They're definitely under 100 people. They're probably not even in high, like, yeah. double digits. Um, and they've also almost always made a profit from after a year or two since they started. Like, right, they've right. never gone down from that. Yeah. And they're famous for, like, in the summertime, they only work 30 hours a week. Yeah. Um, they're a remote company. They just fly everyone into Chicago every right, right, couple right. times a year. Um, I've sometimes looked at their job postings. The problem is that they don't hire a lot because their whole thing is, it's not about like relentless expansion. Yeah. So, but it's a really interesting company, a company, uh, whose philosophy I really admire and the founders write on their blog all the time and the other employees do too. Yeah. And really like they're a startup, well, now they're an established business. It's strange to call a business that's 15, 20 years old a startup. But yeah, they're, yeah. in a sense, in the space, in the culture, they're 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 a startup. But they really have this interesting way of um, really questioning certain norms. So yeah. the founder or the co-founder, one of his posts the other day was about how he just can't tolerate like uh, venture capitalists or investors who, who insist that the people in startups work like 80 hour weeks. It's like, yeah. that's ridiculous. You're going right, to burn right, out right. and you're not. And, and you know, basically what's your motivation? So you want money. So you want these people to, you know, spend the, probably the healthiest, most creative, productive time of their lives, just working 80 hours and just working for you. Yeah. And it's fine if it's your own project and that's what you want to do. But this sense of like burning out and working long hours is the only way to, create a sustainable business yeah it's something they really question yeah so. absolutely right like you know the whole this whole like um being a startup and being entrepreneur like these days it's like the sexy thing right it's like the cool thing like within these past i don't, I don't even know like 10 years i guess or whatever right but like these days it's becoming like a cookie cutter like copy and paste like oh you're supposed to get vc funding you're supposed to work 80 hours a week you're supposed to do this you're supposed to do this you don't have to do anything, right? Like getting funding is not a prerequisite to success. Like I, uh, the company you mentioned, and also GitHub. GitHub was never funded. Mm-hmm. So if you if you just work hard, and if for us we have um, monetization built into the system, like uh, from our website, we get fifteen commission from all credit card charges on our website. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to get uh, funding. 
if we just build it organically, we can, you know, be profitable from a very, very young stage. And that's just fine. And we build it the way we want to build it. If, if we find a, a venture capitalist or someone with money that has that advice, has the connection, has experience that would help us out, then obviously I'll be very open to it, you know. But if they're not out there, if it's not meant for us, then that's fine. We don't have to have it. We don't need it necessarily. Yeah. You know, I think it's, yeah, just being flexible. Being flexible. And making sure it's in your in your best interest, not just in the short term, but in the mid to long term. Yeah. But always thinking, always staying flexible. Like, um, yeah, don't don't be stupid, don't be stubborn, but also know that there's it's not just one option, one or not. Like, there's a whole bunch of options out there. Yeah. Well, well let's talk a little bit more about what what exactly Musbi is. Yeah. Like, how you know? How did you come up with the idea? And maybe a little bit. You don't have to go too much into how you met your partner. You know, but right, you know, right, a little right. bit about how that all came together. So uh, my elevator pitch, right, is uh, so Moosby is a marketplace, an online marketplace that matches English language teachers with uh, students, and it's based around hobbies and interests. So, for example, teaching English uh, with yoga, or teaching surfing while teaching uh, English, or hiking with English or cooking with English, like uh, whatever the teacher, use your creativity to um, use your passion, what you're interested in, and base the lesson on that is our product, our service. And the way we came about it, like um, like we just mentioned this before, Terry, that we were in a big Aikawa school together. And so I, I have that experience. After that, I worked at an IT company as a programmer. And when I decided it was time to go out on my own, I, I was thinking, like, what should I do? Like, how, what idea should I go for? And I just combined it to English teaching with IT, like no, nothing too special, no, nothing too complicated. And then how this idea came about, uh, it's interesting. My partner, he was just taking a shower one day and like I, I was staying in Tokyo with him. He comes out of a shower, like butt naked. Well, he was wearing a towel. And uh, so he, he just uh, comes up to me. He's like, Timmy, like, what what if what if you could learn English while going on a date? I said I think that's kind of a stupid idea. She like what what the hell are you thinking? But like you know, he he's a crazy guy. He's really creative. So I thought I should at least think about it. And uh, we we talked a lot about it a lot more. And then we kind of expanded on the idea like what if you could do this while learning English? What if you could do this while learning English? So we just decided like what if you just could do anything while learning English, right? So just make it open and let the teacher use their create creativity. Yeah, it sounds good. I think it's the greatest, the best ideas are always like a fusion of something, right? Something yeah. that comes from your experience that maybe is more, or something that's more like technical and dry combined with the spark, right? What yeah. makes it interesting. So what's interesting is, I think when we were uh, going out for coffee, you mentioned that at first, yeah, well, English, but okay, just finding people to teach you English, yeah. that already exists. Yeah, that's not interesting. So yeah. how do you differentiate and what makes it interesting? What makes your service different? And that's the other element. You know? Yeah. You got to have a differentiating factor. You have to have something, right? Better quality, cheaper price or something interesting, right? So when we got this idea, we're, we're both like, okay, this is interesting. This is interesting. Like, let's go with this. Yeah. So I'm guessing the name Musubi is like from the Japanese Musubu. Musubi. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. to connect, yeah. to tie together. Exactly. So that's our brand. That's our vision. We're all about connecting people. It's yeah. very important to us. The, old, the modern naming game, right? Yeah, it took fun. us a while to get with that name. Uh, before Musubi, we we're called uh, a Guru, like Ego Group. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but uh, we didn't want to be limited to English. Like someday we want to venture into Japanese language and then uh, other languages, right? Yeah. So we had to pick a name that was uh, generic to any language. And after a, a whole month of thinking about it, we finally came up with Moosby. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's always fun. It's hard to... You always want to be careful, right? You want something yeah. that's catchy, but you don't want to get so clever that it's hard to remember or it's yeah. awkward. And yeah. then, of course, you know, you want the... You hope it passed the the safety test. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this must be mean something in some yeah, other you language. Urban, like, urban dictionary. You yeah. gotta look it up first. Yeah, and yeah, you don't want to be embarrassed by you know. What I mean, like one year down the road, you're like, oh, I work for Musbi. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, we like the sound. We like it. Our logo, so it's good. We're happy with it. Good deal. Who did the the logo? Just the two uh, of that's you all or? my partner's shoe. Oh, nice. Like he he is like a great designer. He's very talented. I I was really lucky to get connected with him. Is that his original background, like design? And stuff? Yeah, he worked at in advertising, a designer in an advertising agency, and he's won a couple of awards. I'm, I'm not um I I don't know what awards, but he's won a couple, and he's very passionate, very creative. He has like ideas, like every, every single day is like another idea mm -hmm. coming out of him. But it's great. Like it's wonderful working with that dude. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you know, that's that partnership is yeah. important. Um, is it just the two of you right now? Yeah. Right now it's the two of us. Uh, there's some, several people uh, helping, helping us out. And we've been talking with a lot of people. So we're looking for our next team members mm -hmm. right now. Interns or Interns. Co company dog or yeah. animal. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. people, my, my friend uh, runs a, it runs a pretty successful Japanese internet startup, and uh, yeah, their her dog is the, yeah. the chief dog yeah. officer. Right, right, always hanging around chief the office. Cute officer or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, Iyashi helps make everyone feel better. Yeah, you, yeah. you get to pet the dog. And yeah, feel a little better. I mean, you gotta have fun with it. You can't be too serious, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. like people appreciate, you know, like people tell like people's bullshit radar. It's getting like stronger by the day. I think if you're just like full of shit, like people will be like, they'll jump on you. Like this company's full of shit. Like why should I buy their product? But if you see someone authentic, oh, like someone has a dog, a cute dog on their website, they're you know they're just having fun, being real. People appreciate that. And yeah, yeah. Authenticity, I think, is a lot bigger because we have. Um, I think before, before I mean, before the internet, I don't mean to go that far back, yeah. but before all this stuff that we have now, all these services. You had a a few dedicated purveyors, right? If you wanted to, if you wanted to buy electronics, you went to Best Buy or you went to yeah. some established electronics store that was, you know, brick and mortar clothing. Yeah. You went to the mall and yeah. you bought, you know, the Gap or whatever it is. Uh, but now we have all this stuff online, yeah, and that's great and that's a lot of choices. But then, how do you filter out the choices that are good and bad? And one way is authenticity. Absolutely, absolutely. are the people who started this. Is their presence there? Yeah. Or, or are they just, or is this just like some made up, you know, is the, is the founder a made up guy and it's really a conglomerate of, you know, dudes in a boardroom, you know? Yeah. And people don't want to contribute to that. Yeah. They don't trust it anymore. Yeah. They don't trust Gap. They don't trust Nike. Like they have these thoughts. They have no idea where it's coming from. They don't know if some kid in India is um, making it or, or not. So yeah. I think it's very important. Every couple of years I order a pair of, almost $200 leather shoes, like sneakers from yeah. this company called Greats. And they started in Brooklyn and they're just completely, they only completely sell from their website. Yeah. And the shoe model I got happens to be made in Italy in this like famous, I don't know if it's one single town, but it's an area that's right. famous for hand craftsmanship. Yeah. So they're handmade shoes. Um, the same like 
very simple leather sneakers from like a more boutique brand would cost like three, four hundred dollars. And while two hundred bucks for shoes, a pair of shoes is not cheap. Yeah. Like I know like their story and yeah. the fact that we're gonna give you the same craftsman to yeah. make your shoes, but we're not gonna put all this stuff in the middle that's gonna end up, you know, blowing the price up. And it's yeah, it's like it's a it's an interesting thing that that story catches me and it's a brand that most of my friends nobody knows about but yeah. i don't care because right, i right, know that right. brand and i'm happy to be a customer there yeah um so yeah that finding that authenticity it's hard yeah it's so hard what to have you find, been hard to build yeah what have been like and nothing that's you know uh competing or something that you know not necessarily competition or like a rival but what has been inspiration like what kind of and it can even be very established companies that we all know about it or even in completely different industries or areas yeah what are some things that like what are your what is your akogare what are companies that you look up to or uh, ideas that, that you've seen um yeah. me and my, both my partner and i we look up to airbnb a lot we love airbnb they're like if you look at their website it's beautiful uh their whole concept of connecting people is beautiful it's great they do a great job. Um, they have, if you read some of their blogs, uh, they have a blog written, I, I think is written by their engineers and they just write blogs on like how, how they built this part of the website or this part of the business. And if you want to learn about it, read the blog and you can learn how they did it and you can, you know, do it for your own business as well. So they're, they're about helping others, just like giving out that information for free. They're not trying to hold everything for profit. They actually care about the community and their care about creating real great experiences, living experiences in another country. And I respect that a lot. Do you use Airbnb? Uh, actually, no, not yet. Um, I want to. Me and, me and my wife, we got married recently. We're thinking about staying in Hawaii for a month. And for a month, like a hotel is too expensive for a month. So we'll probably yeah. try out Airbnb. It'll be my first time. Hawaii, even a week or two. Yeah. Hawaii in a hotel will kick your ass yeah, as far as money yeah. goes. There's a lot of beautiful places. And you might as well, you know, like, the hotel experience, I'm sure, can be convenient, but if you can find a cool Airbnb, yeah, you'll be set. Yeah, you know? yeah. So if if it has a kitchen, we can just buy some food and save some money, and yeah, it makes a lot more sense in a hotel. Yeah. I've done a few experiences. Um, a buddy of mine is actually in Japan right now. He comes to Japan almost more than once a year, just for fun to visit. Yeah, um, that's what I was hanging out with all night last night. Yeah, <laughs> um, end up sleeping half the day today, but. Um, he often uses Airbnb and we went down to Fukuoka together last year right? and uh, stayed at an Airbnb and it was really cool. It's, there's a kitchen and there's a living room and some people have really nice places so that they use specifically for their Airbnb business. So you get a whole nice bedroom and a living room and yeah. a washing machine and, you know, you can cook food, chill out, watch, yeah. the, you know, watch TV for a little bit and just treat it as your own little, you know, temporary home. Yeah. And it's a pretty cool way to, uh, to uh, yeah, to travel. I used yeah. it uh, just this past Golden Week. Went up to uh, Nico with some friends, and we stayed at an Airbnb. Him yeah, and, him nice and his kids. And we just hung out. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we love we we look to Airbnb a lot because they they have a lot of similarities to our service. Um, Airbnb, Uber as well. They they pretty much pioneered the whole sharing economy, right? Yeah. So, you know, Airbnb shares houses, Uber shares cars. And we, we think of ours as uh, sharing your skills, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, especially in Japan, I'm sure you felt this as well, but like if you don't speak Japanese in Japan, it's 
very hard to get like a great job or a good job. You know what I mean? Like you're limited to teaching English or bartending or, you know, if you work hard and like maybe you'll find other jobs. Well, my point is it's not easy, right? And that, that creates a gap between the, the skills that you have and the job that you get. And that gap, that's value, right? Like we can sell that value. And that's, that's one of the things I think about with Moosby. That's an awesome way to think about it. Um, yeah, don't become like Uber, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> for other yeah, reasons, Uber's not, not, not the model there, yeah. of the, yeah, the, yeah. the idea of the share economy, yeah. Uber, the company is, you know. yeah, they're not treating their drivers very well these days. Right. As soon as, um, I'm kind of like speculating, but like, as soon as driverless cars becomes like a real option, they're just going to kick out all their drivers. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I hope, I hope they're all careful. Yeah. My friend, uh, works for that. He works for the competitor Lyft because, yeah. you know, the whole scandal with, they have the sexual harassment issue yeah. in Uber, and then of course just the, the shady stuff with the driverless cars, and and you know all, all sorts of problems, right? Yeah. Uber is, doesn't seem to be well managed, and seems kind of like a bro culture. Yeah, so okay. that's not you know it's not a good deal. But my friend, so getting back on his feet after an injury he's had, so he and he knew he wanted to be like a driver. Yeah, and I think initially he was going to do Uber, and then when all that stuff broke out, he's like, nope, went to Lyft. So. Yeah. He seems to be happy. I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't, I've never, you know, I've never taken a Lyft because it's always been an Uber when yeah. I, when I've had a chance to. I've I mean, used it in Australia because it's not, that's, a, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about like the, the conservatism and some of the issues with Japan. Yeah. I think that's one of the regulations. Yeah. And that's yeah, one of the yeah. hard things, right? Uber is not really big here. Yeah. Uber is more expensive than a normal taxi in Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sometimes they try to shoot for that luxury, like, you know. Yeah, if you want a special car to go somewhere for yeah. that, like for some special occasion. But it's not a regular taxi option. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. It's not an option here. Absolutely. I, I think it, it matters these days, like how you run your company. If if you have if you have like sexual sexual harassment all the time from your CEO, then people care about it. Although people are still taking Ubers, it's just way too convenient, you know what I mean? Like I it's not everything, but it is important. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you see as the, maybe like, I mean, the, the long-term future, of course, you would like to be very successful and, yeah. and, you know, and like you said, probably expand into areas you're probably not even, you, they're in there in your back of your head, but you don't know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have like our short term goal by the end of this year is we want to be profitable, cash flow positive. Um, cause both me and my partner, uh, we're, we do freelance to pay the bills, right? As we're building this business, we're bootstrapping, right? Like everything is low, low cost and just being scrappy and like trying to, um, being like guerrilla marketing and all that kind of shit, right? Uh, so I want a salary for both him and myself. And if we bring on any other people for them as well, so that we can focus a hundred percent and like not have to, you know, worry about paying the bills and just, you know, go full out. Other than that. I have a couple ideas, but I, I don't want to be uh, premature about, yeah. you know, saying it, you know? Yeah, you don't want to say that idea, man. Yeah. What? Wait, no, that was my yeah. idea. I'm going to be a billion dollar comes in 10 years and then, like, it doesn't happen. Like, oh, who, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yeah. Um, what was I thinking? Um, ah, just had a nice little brain part there. <laughs> um, yeah, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It'll be very interesting. I mean, I'm I'm very excited. Like, I'm very proud of like what we've built so far. Like, there's a lot of work to do from here, right? Like, yeah, you know, keep iterating the product and you know, improving the lesson. The the website is important, but.
but obviously the lesson itself is very, very important, right? When you use Uber, when you use Airbnb, like the time you spend on the website, you kind of remember it, but obviously you remember actually staying at the house or actually being in the car much more than the website part, right? So that part for, of our business is very important. We have to make sure the lessons are high quality. They have a good time. Uh, they get the value that they were expecting. So we can't, we're a website business, but that's not all we do. The experience has to be high exactly. quality. That's, yeah. actu- that's the actual product. That's the actual product. Yeah. The yeah. website is not the product, but the lesson and everything together is the product. You, you can't forget that or else you're going to be screwed. So is there definitely going to be a like a mobile app and all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah. As time goes on, uh, we'll build the app. Uh, it is step by step because uh, you got to prioritize, right? Like you can get pulled like every every which way. Um, so right now we're focusing on uh, building, you know, improving the product market fit is where what we're focusing on right now. Uh, just got to keep iterating, listening to the users' experience and their opinions and uh, see what how they use the product and just make the product as good as possible is what we're focusing on right now. All right. Nice. Well, yeah, looking forward to yeah, yeah, how it works out and yeah. you know, seeing it grow and seeing it become a, one of the things, you know, when we talked about naming your company, it's cool when the, when the name becomes almost like a verb or something that people yeah, know, yeah. you know, the way people say Uber, Uber, or the classic one is, of course, Google. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. People are going to go learn something, man. I got to go. I got to get my Musby on. Yeah. You should you should do a podcast lesson, like how to make a podcast in English. That would be, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Look at you, man. Already. Yeah. You, you got to man. Yeah. You got to be a salesman. Nice deal, man. Well, thanks for being on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for you having me. you have any other last minute plugs or things or maybe just, again, the the, the website or. Yeah. So uh, if you're up? interested, uh Go check out www.musby.com. That's M-U-S-B-Y.com. And uh, we're open for signing up. If you're if you want to be a teacher, you can teach anything. Anything you're interested in, any hobby you have, is uh, attach it to English and try it out. Uh, I promise it'll be a good time. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Thank you.